Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 21st, 2020, and today we are reading from the big book, Bill's Story, page 7, the first paragraph, my brother-in-law, reading just that one paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Naomi B., 12 Traditions, Marge O., and reading the text are Barbara P. and Lisa J.R. The reference number for Sunday, September 20th, 2020, is 15,397. That's 15397. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through the shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome all, everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. One, we admitted we are powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, um, where possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. I will now ask Marge O. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. Marge O. from Massachusetts. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is the desire to stop drinking. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you. Thank you, Marge. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topics and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're on page seven in Bill's story, the first paragraph, which starts with my brother-in-law. And I will ask, and we're just reading the one paragraph, and I will now ask Barbara P. to begin reading. Good morning, this is Barbara P. in the Atlanta area, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. My brother-in-law is a physician, and through his kindness and that of my mother, I was placed in a nationally known hospital for the mental and physical rehabilitation of alcoholics. Under the so-called belladonna treatment, my brain cleared. Hydrotherapy and mild exercise helped much. Best of all, I met a kind doctor who explained that those certainly selfish and foolish I had been seriously ill, bodily and mentally. So it's reaching out to me this morning. Um, This is, you know, Bill's, I guess, first trip to the hospital. And great hospital, really nice doctor. And But what reaches me and, and certainly touches my heart is that, you know, certainly selfish and foolish. I think for all the years prior to OA, that's all I felt was foolish for doing, especially foolish. I don't know that I really understood selfish, but foolish for doing what I was doing. Why did I do it again? But I didn't understand. And what the doctor explains to Bill for the first time is I had been seriously ill, bodily and mentally. 
And that was, in a sense, such a relief when I came to OA because I really didn't understand my problem. I knew weight was an issue. I was, what, 90 pounds overweight. I knew that was an issue, and I thought that was the problem. I really didn't connect it to my eating. Um, So bodily for me, you know, I knew I had a different reaction, just in its simplest form. I knew I had a different reaction. I had no off switch. I really didn't get hungry until I started eating. Um, that still is for me the the way it is. Uh, once I start eating, then I'm then I'm hungry. People seem to get satisfied, and I didn't. There was just no satisfying. People would take one bite of something. You know, you've been at that table with that group, and people take a bite and go, "Oh, that was delicious." Yeah, I just can't eat anymore. And that just was never a reality for me. So I knew something different in my body was happening. But the doctor explains to him also mentally. I would forget all that, forget the suffering and humiliation of the last binge and do it anyway, thinking it would be different over and over and over again. So the doctor, I can imagine how relieved Bill was for maybe the first time to realize, wait a minute, maybe I'm not really choosing to do this. Maybe I'm not just being foolish. Um, Maybe I'm really ill. And I tell you, that really helped me when I was coming out of relapse to really remember that. Because, you know, a couple of days of good eating, you start feeling really good. It was really important for me to remember how ill I have been when I've been eating, when I've been in the food. And that coming out of it, I have to treat it like I have been, and and I have been, a very sick person. So um, thank goodness my big book guide really recommended treat that first 30 days like you are hospitalized. Like, you know, they bring you a plate of food. It's all measured. This is just what it is. And um, and then you go to physical therapy and you do this. We the Hospitalization is a key because we've been really ill. And that's a, that was a concept I needed to really understand as part of step one. So Bill's getting that. I thank you very much for letting me share. And have a great day, everybody. I pass. Thank you for getting us started, Barbara. Okay. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So we're commenting in Bill's story on page seven, the first paragraph, that one paragraph, my brother-in-law. So who would like to share on that paragraph? Star one to unmute. Sorry, K. Oh, I'm sorry, what was the first one with a K? And then Linda. someone M. Sorry, K. Sorry, K. Linda D. Okay, I got you, Linda. Okay. Um, Ken W. Okay, and Ken W. Christine okay, A. Okay, thank you, Christine. I was trying to get that. Okay, so I have Surrey K, Lisa JR, Linda D, Christine A, and Ken W. I think I may have missed one person. Phil M. Beth W. Phil. Bill M. and Beth W. Okay, that's a great lineup. Let's go with that for now. Um, <clears throat> Suri K., Lisa J.R., Linda D., Christine A., Ken W., Philomena M., and Beth W. Go ahead, please, Suri K. 
Hi, it's Lori Kay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Okay, so I am so grateful to be here, and I can so relate to this, although I never um, went, you know, I was never in a facility to help me when I I um, came into the program, but I, I, I just have to, like, think back and have the way I felt, and I, I made myself so sick, and then I would feel better and then do it again, and... I must have done this like a million times, and I finally came to the realization that I I cannot, I I just can't even put the food in my mouth because then, you know, I felt it so strongly that that I hope I'll never forget it. Um, and um, yeah, and I'm I'm still learning. I'm still new, but um, I'm learning more every single day, and I'm so happy to have found this amazing amazing program. And um, thank you. That'll pass. Thank you, Suri. Okay, Lisa J.R., you're up, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Katie, um, and good morning, everybody. Lisa J.R. here from Baltimore, Maryland, gratefully recovered one day at a time by God's grace and mercy. It tells us here in this paragraph that he is seriously ill, both bodily and mentally. And, um, you know, that's a revelation. He he sees Dr. Silkworth. He understands that maybe he does have an allergy of the body. He knows that he's mentally cuckoo, you know, by now. The four horsemen are running the derby in his brain every day, terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair, just as they were with me. Um, But I always love to refer back to page 133 in the family afterward, um, where it really, there are two paragraphs now about health and You know, we do not disregard human health measures, it goes on to say. God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. Of various kinds. Do not hesitate to take your health problems to such persons. And, you know, he was on the cutting edge. You know, Belladonna was from the Nightshade family, and that was cutting edge treatment, hydrotherapy. You know, now we look at that and we laugh, but... We're no further along in solving this problem uh, medically than we were then. We have an understanding of how it works, but we don't, uh, we're no, uh, as was beautifully shared earlier, you know, we're, we cannot um, get satisfied, you know, and, and no amount of, of medicine is going to help us. Um, we have, but we have to be cleared you know, that landing strip has to be cleared for uh, the plane to land. So for me, I had to put the plug in the jug and get abstinent to do this work to understand, to see clearly. I was in a total fog when I came in here. Um, had a lot of self-knowledge, read a lot of books, tried a lot of treatments, but uh, like everybody else, I was groping in the dark. And it wasn't until I put that uh, food down that I could see a little clearly and the text then began to illuminate the truth to me and show me how spiritually sick I was. So not only could I see spiritually, I could see um, physically as well. And I'm just so grateful for it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa Jr. And now we will have Linda D followed by Christina A or Christine A, one of those. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm so very grateful to be recovered and to be part of this program. 
I came in in 1982. It was a different world. And uh, I went to a very respected psychiatrist. Uh, I didn't know anything about OA at all. If it was around, and I guess it was, I don't know. But I didn't know about it. And he didn't either. And I got, um, I didn't get belladonna or hydrotherapy, of course, but I did get psychotropic medicine because he ended up telling me essentially the the weight problem was something I'd I'd have to handle and that I was crazy, 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 lock up crazy, and gave me um, psychotropic drugs, which made me really, really sick. I didn't know it. And um, eventually... Uh, through the grace of God, I found the program and I found what was really wrong. And that was that I had a spiritual hunger and I was very physically sick and it wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, that I was born this way, my understanding. And, uh, and my brain chemistry was never going to be normal. I had to find a spiritual answer and I found it in these blessed rooms. I'm so grateful. Very grateful. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda. Okay, so Christine A, you're up, followed by Ken W. Kitty? Yes. Christine A. Followed by Ken W. Apologies, Katie, about that. Um, what a beautiful name. My name is Christine A. I live in Northern Ireland, and I have extremely grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I just, um, I was just out for a quick walk when I had joined here, uh, and I heard the first, you know, the paragraph that we're talking about read out, and it just really touched my heart. Um, Bill's brother-in-law, obviously his wife's brother sort of facilitated him to be taken into the hospital, which which was beautiful. Um, I just wanted to share a few years ago, a sister had brought me into a way, and I didn't stay long. Um, I was introduced to um, another part of a way, and miraculously, um, another thing I suffered from was bulimia, uh, both purging and laxatives, and that was taken from me. And I didn't even have the knowledge or the wisdom to know what a miracle that was and uh, left that program and continued to eat, but with that having been taken from me and just compulsively overeating. So a sister reached out to me a couple of months ago there and I am back and just the scales just have fallen from my eyes. It's just so beautiful to be a membership of this fellowship. Every day is a blessing. Every moment is a blessing to be free of the food and um, just the spiritual awakening that I'm experiencing um, every day is beautiful and I just thank my sister and another sister in the fellowship as well and the same program is a great support and help and um, just everybody and I just think we're all brothers and sisters together and helping each other so thank you. Thank you so much Christine. And Ken W., you're up, followed by Phil M. Hi, thank you. This is uh, Ken W. H. in North Carolina, a compulsive overeater. Thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm reading this paragraph and hearing myself in it in a way that's a, perhaps a little 
skewed. I don't know. Um, I'm just hearing Bill dancing, frankly, and uh, dodging and weaving. Um, his brother-in-law, he didn't have a really good relationship with him at all, and probably at their wit's end, uh, put him in this rehab and tried to give him what the only thing they knew how to do then. Uh, calling him selfish and foolish uh, <laughs> would have been uh, probably apparently the way that relationship went. I can relate to that. I had that kind of relationship with my father and brother-in-law, or my father-in-law, actually. Um, same idea. Um, what what I read was when it said best of all, um, Bill is in, a, in an institution and he's getting belladonna treatment and hydrotherapy and he's able to say, best of all, I met a kind doctor. And um, and explained that, that through, um, that he was selfish and foolish, yes, but he said, ah, I'm sick. That's the problem. And it reminded me of West Side Story, you know, the Officer Krupke song when the, 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 the gang people are saying, we're sick, we're sick, we're psychologically sick, we're depraved on account of we're deprived. In other words, he found an excuse. He, he thinks he found the answer to his problem. Um, I'm sick. So I, it wasn't my fault. And, and I felt that. You know, all you had to do is give me a, a reason why I ate like I did. And I felt good. I felt better. Uh, I, I thought I had found the solution. Uh, I'm sick. It's not my fault. I was born this way. There's nothing I can do about it. This is the way it is. And that's the way I'm hearing this, or at least seeing myself in this paragraph, that, that Bill's not there yet. He's, he's not fully um, convinced um, that he can live the rest of his life without booze. I don't think he's there yet, and uh, I wasn't, and it took a long time, and all I needed was a good excuse. And uh, here he was. He was getting uh, – here was a, a doctor uh, – uh, an educated person telling him that that he was sick bodily and mentally, and uh, that was obvious to to us. It, as I read it, it's obvious, and uh, and yet I don't think Bill had it yet. Best of all, you know, he's he's feeling mm, uh, maybe I'm going to get through this one again, and uh, that's just me. Uh, that's the way I interpret it, but. Uh, I'm just grateful I can see myself in it, and today I don't have to be that way, and I don't have to figure it out. I just need to surrender to the God of my understanding and get on my knees. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Ken. And now we'll have Philomena M. followed by Beth W. Hello, Katie. This is uh, Philomena from Carrick Fergus in Northern Ireland and uh, gratefully recovered. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, this is this is often the shares have been terrific. So when I first heard about the way of doing the steps and that I was needing to put the foot down for 48 hours before starting work on the steps, I was mad. I thought, I can't put the foot down. If I could put the foot down for 48 hours, I would not need this program. But a little while later, food had beaten me into a state of reasonableness. And I understand now, <coughs> excuse me, that abstinence is but a beginning. Um, when 
all along, eight years ago when I came into program, I thought it was the aim. So no wonder I thought that I got cocky. Sorry, that I got it, that got cocky after 18 months of abstinence. I stopped working steps 10 and 11. And then uh, began five and a half years of slipping and sliding. Um, but I uh, obeyed the best advice I ever got in the program, which was to keep coming back. Um, and I found vision last year, which has been been a, a real godsend. How sick was I in the disease? I was very sick. I was eating all the time. When I got medicine that required, you know, to be taken um, an hour after food, um, I thought, how can I do that? I, I was eating all the time. I thought, this is impossible. How can they require that off people? No, this is madness of the illness. I got so heavy that I was suffering from arthritis. An arthritis uh, specialist told me that every extra pound I was carrying had the effect of an extra seven pounds on my knees. Still, I couldn't stop. I was lonely. I was isolating. I was depressed. At one point, I thought it would be lovely to be under the sea. Um, and uh, so suicidal to that point without making a plan. I also got cancer in 2016, and it was pretty heavy going. It was a tough year. Uh, I was told that sugar uh, fed cancer and that obesity didn't help. I still could not stop. That's how bad it was. Thank God my last scan was okay. Um, and I'm just, my life is so much better now and clear. I'm free from, you know, the, the food obsession, and I can live a useful worthwhile life i have serenity in my life and it's just an amazing gift and i'm so grateful to all my sisters in this program um and brothers thank you all for being there with that i'll pass thank you phil okay beth w it's your turn and then we'll open it up for more shares hi good morning thank you for hearing my name and calling on me my name is beth w and i'm a recovering compulsive overeater from Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, I was just really struck by this paragraph and I, I'm just grateful for all the shares that have come before me because I was able to hear uh, myself in, in most and in all of them really. Um, what, I, what, I, uh, what I read about and heard about in this, in this, in this reading and is the idea of caring for myself. Um, I've spent so much of my life beating myself up, punishing myself. Um, I don't deserve any kind of kindness or um, goodness in my life. I, uh, and, and to be put into a rehabilitation center, I've not ever experienced that for myself. Um, but what I, what I see here is the kindness of others, the kindness of his brother-in-law, the kindness of his mother, the kindness of this doctor, um, and then the, the caring for himself through um, being gentle to his body and, and receiving treatment. Those are things that I never thought I deserved that I thought as a, a moral or emotional or physical failing that I didn't deserve to have someone just take care of me um, and, um, or, or for me to take care of me. And so um, that's been a really steep learning curve for me and is still a daily 
um, process of, of surrender for me that, no, I can go for a walk to just simply be walking and outside and enjoying the world. And I can eat clean, healthy food because it's delicious and my body deserves that. And I can spend time in prayer and meditation because it's just a good way to spend time. And for no other reason than to just be kind to myself. I can take a long soaking bath and it's not a waste of time. Um, so I, I'm really grateful to have read this and heard the other shares this morning. That's all I have. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Beth. Okay. Um, so if you're just joining us, we're on page seven. Uh, the first paragraph, my brother-in-law, we read that one paragraph and we're commenting on that. And so if you haven't shared um, since last Wednesday, um, who would like to share? Jackie, Victoria, W. Pla E from the UK. Okay. Okay. I, I say, wait a second. Maya. I'm sorry. I'm, Jackie. Okay. Okay. I thought I heard Jackie B. Let's start there. Jackie Colleen. B. Colleen P. Colleen P. Loretta H. New Jersey. Loretta Marie H. Claire E. from the UK. Okay. Claire E. And Victoria W. Was it Rowena? Yes. Okay. okay. And Claire E. And who was the next one? Victoria W. Okay, Victoria W. Okay, this is who I have, and please speak up if I missed you. Jackie B., Colleen P., Loretta H., Rowena K., Claire E., and Victoria W. Did I miss anyone? Going twice, okay. So let's go with Jackie B., followed by Colleen P. Everyone else, please mute. Good morning, and thank you so much, Katie, everybody for your service and for your shares. Um, you know, I've been in this program over 28 years, and, you know, I've been through it all. I've had bypass. I've had um, all types of abstinence. I've had long-term, short-term I've even been, I even went to a, an outpatient rehab. Um, and all of those, those situations were part of my path to get me here because I have no regrets because I learned how I manipulated all those things prior to my recovery today. Um, I guess I was doing research the, you know, proper uh, abstinent way I thought. Um, and it's amazing. Um, today, uh, I, over, over a little over four years ago, I finally listened to a vision for you. I knew it was out there. And it's not that vision for you is the miraculous beginning. It was just that I was beaten down and ready to hear the message this time. And the message said, you know, those ingredients that I choose to continue to eat or negotiate or fight or, or justify, we're going to keep me continuously relapsing. Somehow, some way, no matter how many years go by, I will relapse. Today, once I took those out, all of a sudden, I had my spiritual awakening. I had no noise in my head. I had an open brain 
to listen to the message. But once I listened to the message, I had to do the work. And the work is working these steps, working them straight through to where today I am of service. And my service is telling you that no matter death, pain, love, marriage, uh, children, uh, college student, whatever I experience today, I have a program, a workable program every day to deal with life on life's terms. I may not have known how to raise a child in life, but I have a program now that teaches me with God's help and this fellowship and working the steps every single day, I can get out of Jackie. And when I'm out of Jackie, I'm available to hear the message. And when Jackie doesn't know anything, Jackie doesn't rely on Jackie. Jackie relies on prayer and talking to another compulsive overeater who may or may not went through this experience. Today, I pray for others that say they're having difficulty. Today, I call people who say they just want outreach calls. Today, I share my experience, strength, and hope. And that's what I have today. So today, I nourish myself mentally, spiritually, as well as physically. And thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Jackie. Okay, Colleen P., you're up, followed by Loretta H. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Colleen P., Recovering Compulsive Overeater from the D.C. area. Well, this really struck me, this idea that you could go to a hospital and recover. And um, I, I was in a treatment center for another addiction, and I gained 20 pounds, and I knew that eating was going to be something I was going to have to deal with down the road. But um, it took a while to get down that road, and when I did finally get down that road and put the food down, the withdrawal from food, I needed to be hospitalized. I I was just, I was going to a meeting every day. I was abstinent, but the emotional and physical withdrawal was, well, it was, it was pretty, it was rough. But to, to make a long story short, um, I have found my way back to this program, not that I ever left, but to abstinence. And, um, I need to be here for my emotional, spiritual, and physical recovery. But more than just the 12 steps in, in this book, I need this fellowship and to hear everyone's story of finding their way here to a vision and 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 what it takes to remain abstinent and emotionally sober. And I'm so glad to be on the line, and thank you for your service. I'll pass. Thank you, Colleen. Okay, Loretta H., you're up, followed by Rowena K. Good morning. Okay, there you are. Thank you. Thank you for your service. And I'm grateful to be on the line this morning. My name is Loretta H. in New Jersey. And this paragraph resonates with me so much. Um, I went through all the nice doctors and diabetes team. Everybody's just wonderful and beautiful. And I remember calling for help um, because I was eating cereal out of a casserole dish. And I said to myself, you know what? You need help. And I called for help. It was a while back. And I can't remember where I called, but I ended up locked up in a mental institution. And I was there like maybe not even 24 hours. And I 
demanded to be taken out of there because, no, I was not mentally ill. Yes, I was eating cereal at a casserole dish bowl, but no, I wasn't mentally ill. So that that was wrong thinking right there. So they made a deal with me. I was suckered into going to an eating disorder unit with the deal they had made with me. We'll only let you out if you go to an eating disorder unit. So I went. I was scheduled to be there for eight weeks. I left at six because um, I felt really confined. And I don't know what other reasons I left, but I left. And thank God, somehow I heard about a way. And with all the doctors and all that I had been through, diet pills, Weight Watchers, you name it, almost everything you I could think of, I tried. And somehow I heard about OA, and I was so thankful when I found OA and went and learned about it. It is the only thing that has ever worked for me. It has helped me put the food down. The meetings helped me to get inspiration and insight and wisdom of how to work this program, because without this program, I would not be free from my addictions. It is only through this program and my spiritual gift and God, who is my higher power, my only higher power, that has helped me day by day. Um, if I have to pray every minute to be sane from the food and all of my character defects and all of that, impatience, whatever it might be, I have to pray. I have to remember that God is holding my hand, and he is the only one through all the trials that I have been through with the food. He is the only one who is my redeemer and has delivered me from the outside world. I thank God for helping me with, and giving me this program. This 12 steps is the only way a spiritual being, a, high, a God who is my higher power, that has helped me to get from day to day working on my character. Time, please. Okay. Um, thank you. My character defects is really key that has helped me to get where I am today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for being on the line. Thank you, Loretta. Okay. Rowena K. You're up, followed by Claire E. Hi, it's Rowena K. From the United Kingdom. Uh, thank you so much for letting me share and for the meeting. Um, yeah, I often wished that I could be put into uh, into rehabilitation, that I could just go somewhere and, you know, have somebody look after me, And um, but that never happened. Um, but um, I did do, obviously, lots of diets, um, which, which, which did actually clear my brain for a while because especially the, the no-carb diets um, made my thinking really clear. Uh, because um, whenever I take sugar, my brain gets um, foggy. Um, but it was only in OA, um, and the, you know, my fellows who told me that I was seriously ill, um, bodily and mentally, that I had an allergy uh, to sugar. Um, I mean, I, I, I got that through the big book, but that only came much later um when i was actually ready to 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 read the big book um and could understand it and that was also only through my fellows and you know people like Laurie C who made it um who you know allowed me to understand just what all these words meant 
Um, and as I've got abstinence, um, I've begun to see how bodily and mentally um, sick I am. And, you know, um, and it's my mental obsession that will take me back to the food. Um, I've been abstinent, you know, after relapse, after relapse. Um, and I feel like it's just taking a very long time for me to get the nuances of my my mental obsession. Um, and I'm, you know, beginning to understand, uh, you know, it's things, the lying to myself. Um, so I've been abstinent for about a month and... I weighed my food in the morning um, and I convinced myself that the scale was wrong, um, my weighing scale for food. And so I allowed myself to put an extra ounce of yogurt um, onto onto my my food plan. Um, and thank God I didn't go into the food after that, but it just showed me how, you know, what this mental obsession is like, that I can actually convince myself that a scale, which is electronic, you know, um, I will disbelieve that because my illness tells me, um, you know, it, it wants me to find a loophole, wants me to find a way back into the food. And luckily, you know, I was able to catch myself in that and get to a meeting, do a step 10 um, to alleviate the mental obsession, um, just redirect myself really. Um, so I'm really grateful to be able to share today and to get on this meeting. And thank you so much for hearing me. Um, thank you, Pass. Thank you, Rowena. Okay, and now we'll have Claire E. followed by Victoria W. Hi there, my name's Claire E. I'm also from the UK. Um, thank you very much, Katie, for service and for everyone that shared. I've enjoyed the shares. It's great. There's loads in this paragraph. Um, I just really identify with Bill W. Um, so when I was 17, I think I was 17, I went to a very well-to-do treatment centre through my dad's insurance. And at that point, I was very much anorexic, bulimic. Um, uh, and, and, I, and just like Sin shared, I just don't think anyone knew what to do with me. And everyone was trying to help me. Everyone was trying to help me. Um, and, um, and off I went to this lovely treatment centre. And um, I went with my highlighter pens and my file and my pens and my notepad. And I took copious notes. And I was, I was a real perfectionist, um, obviously. And, um, and I tried to sort of study my way through this, this illness. And... Um, you know, in fairness to them, it was a 12-step treatment centre. I remember the big book being given to me. Um, but I was more keen on the massage lady and the swimming and the sort of um, the, the sort of counselling side of things. And I, I just, bless me, I just don't think I had any concept of what I was dealing with. Um, and, you know, no great surprises. Four days after I left that treatment centre, I was back in the food. Um, but what, what obviously, that, that was the first part of that, that, that paragraph. So I really identified. And I also identify with, you know, at that point, you know, Bill Hellby has a lot of hope, really, for his treatment. He, he thinks this is going to work. And that's what I thought, too. I thought this is going to work. You know, I'm going to come out here 10 weeks down the line and I'm going to have a normal life. I'm going to be back to normal. Um, and that's just not the case because my disease, like I'm sure everyone else's, is progressive. And, and, and um, you know, I had to go through a lot more before I was at the point where he'll get to next page where he's um, overwhelmed and alcohol was my master, you know, and that's the point I had to get to in the end. Um but um, just going on to this last bit about, you know, the kind doctor who explained they're certainly selfish and foolish. And it makes me laugh because, you know, self-centeredness is the root of our problems and insanity is what I have, you know, in my brain. Um, I've been seriously ill bodily and mentally. And that's what I really 
he didn't get that. I was told it was an illness, and I I don't think I really got that it was an illness. I still thought that it was my sort of my weak willedness, my something really wrong with me that I couldn't sort of get my head around this. And um, an illness felt like a bit of a cop out to me. It felt like a bit of an excuse. Um, and um, you know, I've come to really believe this is an illness. You know, and and what was really how that really got into my head was that was really getting my head around what the problem is you know that i have an abnormal physical reaction to certain foods and eating behaviors that makes me bodily and mentally different from from normal people and i have a mental sickness that means that i have to go back to it like a moth to a light i have to go back to the food time and time again and and what really changed for me when i finally got abstinent was that that mental twist is completely and utterly inevitable that it will happen to me unless I have the solution. So Bill W's now got the problem. And what makes my, my, my goosebumps go up that in the background, of course, it's the sort of history of AA, and I'm not I'm not a brilliant historian on this, but in the background there's Roland Hazard. Shine, please, going off. Thank you very much. I'll um, just wrap up and, and you know, he's busy learning about the solution and in a couple of pages time the problem comes together with the solution and bang suddenly you know we're in business in this fellowship i'll leave it there thank you very much for listening thank you oops i muted myself again okay victoria w it's your turn then we'll have a time for a few more maybe two or three good morning everybody um this is victoria w in houston texas and thanks everyone for your service and your shares this morning um this passage you know when it was first read i was like well, this is a nice part of the story, um, but then I really started to reflect more on what does that mean to me? How how can I see my own addiction in that passage? Um, I knew that I was physically sick because I have diabetes, high cholesterol, PCOS, a lot of other hormone problems. Um, so I didn't really need convincing of that. And I knew I was I was no stranger to mental illness. I had anorexia when I was in high school. Um, I suffered from depression and anxiety, but for some reason, I was in such denial about the food um, and my behaviors towards the food being abnormal. Um, and it wasn't until my therapist actually casually mentioned, after I had regaled all these stories of how, how I was too sick to go to work because someone had brought in a box of something and I had sneakily eaten one by one until um, I had to go home because I had run out of insulin that was with me. Um, so embarrassing, especially because I work in the medical field. And I was waking up with blurry vision and blindness for a few hours because of how much I was eating. And she suggested, well, have you ever thought about going to OA? I thought, mm, no. <laughs> And I'm laughing now because it's so ridiculous. What a perfect suggestion. And I found my home here. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for her putting together those pieces. I'm so grateful for her. Um, well, to anybody else, they were probably clear red flags. But to me, I thought, well, people just don't understand. I crave sugar because all of the hormones in my body are not working correctly. I have a major organ that's not working correctly. Poor me. Um, and that is a hard thing. I do struggle with that. But now I know my compulsive overeating is a separate issue. It's a disease, and it lives in a different lane than my other medical problems. Um, and I also had a, had a kind doctor who, when I told 
my endocrinologist, hey, I need to tell you what's been going on um, because I think it will make a lot of other things make sense. And when I was finally ready to tell her, I binge eat and I started a recovery program for binge eating. I thought she was going to pull her hair out because we had been working together for three to four years and I had always been, um, you know, disputing whatever her advice was saying, no, no, I do eat, I eat correctly and you don't understand. This isn't, this isn't me. It's, it's my body. Um, and she just sighed, looked at me with compassion and said, thank you for telling me because now we can work on treating you. Now we can finally work on making you better. Um, and that wouldn't have been possible without the honesty that I learned in OA, without the sanity I've gained from being out of the food. So kind, the please. Kindness of doctors, thank you. The kindness of doctors for me was not something that I, you know, they didn't bring me to treatment in the same way that some other people have, but it's changed my life and it's the grace I've received through this program. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Victoria. And so now, um, if you just joined us in the last few minutes of our meeting, we're on page seven. Um, the first paragraph, my brother-in-law, we read that one paragraph, and we have time for two more shares. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Lisa B. Take one more. Dwight M. And Dwight M. Go ahead, Lisa B. This is Lisa B., compulsive overeater from southern mid-Michigan, first time sharing. Um, yeah, the part that I could relate to was the where it says I had been seriously ill bodily and mentally. Since I've come into this program, that was the thing that the aha moment, the light bulb came on. It's like, oh, I'm just not, I'm not crazy. Well, I am crazy, but uh, it's my body and my mind that's the problem. And I didn't get that for the longest time. I thought that I was just, if I could just manage and control my food, I would be fine. Um, so grateful for vision. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Okay, go ahead, Dwight. Hi, I'm Dwight. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Springfield, Ohio. Uh, thank you for your service, and thanks for all the shares this morning. Um, I'm grateful to be in a program that's helping me recover uh, from a serious illness. Uh, the only way that I can have compassion on myself is to look at uh, compulsive overeating as an illness and as something that is outside of my control, and that's part of my understanding of the first step, I'm, I'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. So I'm, I'm trying daily to uh, just commit myself to a higher power that I know will restore me to sanity and hand my life and my will over daily, over and over and over. Um, but if I don't use this process of thinking of it, as he says here in the reading, seriously ill bodily and mentally, then for whatever reason, I just seem to, to try and beat myself up. I think I've heard others say on the on the line too this morning that uh, self-compassion is a part of this program and I hadn't learned self-compassion without looking at these 12 steps. Uh, the 12 steps of recovery that are outlined in this book uh, really will lead us to the solution, the spiritual awakening, and, and will help us have the spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So um, I just want to share gratitude for all of you all for helping me learn this 
and to everybody that works with me, my sponsor, and everybody that helps keep me uh, abstinent daily with the power uh, greater than ourselves. I'm grateful. Thanks for your time. I'll pass. Thank you, Dwight. Okay, we have time for one more. Two, we have um, a little almost three minutes. Someone else would like to share on the first paragraph on page seven? Vinny T. Okay, go ahead, Vinny. Cheers. Thank you. Um, you know, as I was hearing this, um, I, I thought about um, a doctor that I had uh, for years um, who tried, you know, to, to help me to uh, to lose weight. And I I knew that she was concerned, but of course, um, I, you know, I didn't really appreciate uh, her, her efforts. Um, and after I uh, after I recovered, um, the first trip that I went back to my old home, um, I went to that doctor uh, to show her that I had finally, you know, got it, and, and not not to to brag about it, but to because I knew she really cared, and I wanted to let her know that I finally was able to to do it, and. And I wanted to, you know, also let her know how and, and to be able to pass that, you know, advice on to other people. But basically, you know, um, you know, so many times, you know, doctors just, you know, basically threw up their hands, you know, looking at me. And, um, you know, now, I, you know, I, I realize, you know, that they, they do have compassion. Um, they just don't know any more than we do what the solution is. And, um, you know, I, I was, I just really felt it was necessary to, to let her know that I heard her all those years. Um, thank you for uh, letting me share, and uh, I pass. Thank you so much. And we have, you know, just another minute. If someone has a burning desire to just throw something out there for us to all think about today. Sharon R. from Minnesota. Okay, Sharon, go ahead. Hi, I'm Sharon from Minnesota, a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you for allowing me to share and thank you for your service. Um, the thing that stands out to me in this um, paragraph here is when I first came to a food retreat um, program for compulsive food behaviors. I was so full of shame when I entered that um, that facility for those five days that I literally cried the whole entire time. My disease was hidden because I was using um, bulimia through purging and through exercise to control my weight for years. So nobody really knew. I never had a doctor that was worried about me because I was in the normal weight. But I did know that I had the mental obsession because I couldn't stop um, the compulsive eating or the purging. And so when I found this spot on the internet, I, um, I decided to go and heard stories of other people that had similar experiences. And it was such a freeing kind of uh, time for me. And um, I'm just really, really grateful to um, OA and to this phone line, this vision for you and um, for all my fellows who helped trudge me, trudge with me every day. So and that I'll, I'll, um, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for um, Sharon for giving us one more share. And so thank you to everyone who um, participated this morning. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today 
the 21st day of September uh, 2020, 7 a.m. meeting is 15,401. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Lisa J.R. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, indeed, Katie. Lisa J.R. here. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.